All right, welcome to the All the Way Service Makes Life Better workshop. Uh, my name is Natalie, and I'm a compulsive overeater and your moderator for this meeting. Hi, Hi everyone. Would you all, uh, anyone who wish to, please join me in the serenity prayer. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things we cannot change, courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. So before we get started, uh, we ask that all cell phones and other electronic equipment be turned off. So even if you think you turned yours off, would you just check? Not that we don't mind a good dance in the middle of, <laughs> in the middle of it all, but <clears throat> follow my own advice. Yeah. Uh, this session is being taped. Anyone wishing to share will be required to sign the speaker release form before sharing. So that's up here. So if you've shared, I guess, after the meeting, just come and make sure you sign the speaker release form. And if you don't want to be released, then I guess just don't share. Um, uh, to protect our anonymity, no photography, audio, or visual recording is allowed. The opinions expressed here today are those of the individual OA members and do not represent OA do not represent Region 2 or Overeaters Anonymous as a whole. An Ask It Basket will be circulated for the question and answer portion of the session. If you enjoy this workshop, we encourage you to stop by the tapes table to order copies of this session or any other session. They are available on CD or as an electronic download. The format of this session is as follows. There will be three speakers who will share for 20 minutes each, so you can ask them what they want in terms of warnings. Followed by 10 minutes of questions and answers, finishing up with 10 minutes of open pitches. Um, and the topic for this session is All the Ways Service Makes Life Better. Our three speakers are Pamela, Rhonda, and Karen. And Pamela is our first, oh, wait a minute, and doesn't say on here where to have them. We open with the 12 steps, is that correct? Okay, is someone willing to read the 12 steps? Thank you. Whoever wants to, just come up. <laughs> I'm Tammy, and I'm a compulsive overeater. The 12 steps. Number one, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, Admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. 11. Sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. And 12. Having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Uh, our first speaker then will be Pamela, so I'd like to welcome Pamela to the podium.
Hi, my name's Pamela, and I'm a compulsive overeater. And it's really a joy, a privilege to be at a Region 2 convention, to be anywhere where a bunch of my like-minded friends have gathered together. And uh, just, I have, I have 20 years of abstinence. And um, I'll go through my service litany in just a moment. Um, I'm thinking maybe 15 minutes might be a good time since we started 15 minutes late. Okay, so timer, if you would give, let me know at the last five or something. Anyway, okay. So not that I'm controlling or anything. Okay, but I'm here to do service because I do service everywhere I go. And I am mentoring the Los Angeles Intergroup's birthday party. And I want to get to the closing ceremony early to make sure that everybody gets a bookmark and has an opportunity to buy a T-shirt. Now... As I said, I have 20 years in the program, and I'll do my service litany in just a moment. But what, what is the topic all the way service makes life better? Well, I'm going to step away from the mic now, and I'm going to model for you the T-shirt I bought yesterday for the L.A. convention, the jacket that I bought last year at the San Francisco Region 2 convention, and the pants that I bought yesterday at this convention. Ta-da! <laughs> so why is my life better? I've got a gorgeous... Why is my life better? I have a gorgeous jacket, label, cute T-shirt... <laughs> Nicely labeled pants, all because I came here to do service. You see what God does for me? What I can't do for myself. So that's one of the reasons I really do service. I'm going to give a... So I started in the program 20 years ago. I could have been in any program. You put them out there. uh, Godiva, Chardonnay, marijuana, cocaine, sleeping pills, diet pills... Brad Pitt, Neiman Marcus credit card. Okay, any of them is a green light for me. I'm just going to go, go, go. But my bottom line is food. And I used to say the reason I stopped alcohol and marijuana was because they blocked my conscious contact with God. And that's true. But they also gave me the munchies. And to this day... I write down on a computer program everything I eat. I don't commit it beforehand. I write down my exercise. I write down my food. And that has been a great release for me to... I remember I came in the program and someone said, you know, I'm going on vacation to Pennsylvania and it's going to be my mom's cooking. I'm bringing my food with me. And I thought, I would rather be fat than be so messed up that I have to schlep my food. I brought my food to this, okay? Just going to tell you. It makes life easier. Now, everybody has their own path. But for me, that's really important that I do. Of the 18 years I was in program, after I was in two years, I served on the L.A. Intergroup Board, and I I worked on the L.A. Birthday Party Committee. I have probably been on the L.A. Intergroup Board four to six years, sometimes at the same time when I'm also working on the birthday party committee. 
um, in total of those 18 years once I could do service. And then I did four years as event coordinator for Region 2, took a year off, did four years of chair of Region 2, took two years off, chaired the Region 2 convention, took 18 months off, and chaired the L.A. Intergroup birthday party. And what has that done for me? Well, one thing I can say is look at me. I'm 72 years old. I'm busy. I'm on it. I am just getting involved. And I know when you meet me, I seem like I'm very outgoing because I'm pushy. That doesn't mean in my heart of hearts that I'm really outgoing. And what service has done for me has gotten me a whole bunch of friends. Okay, I have to tell you the truth. I missed a bunch of workshops here because I serve with one gal on, you know, one board here, a convention here, and I hadn't seen her. So, you know, it's like, it's like I'm going to a family reunion. And all these people, and, and yes, a lot of people know my name because I'm always up being in charge of something, but a lot of people I know because I've worked with them. And there's one thing to get up and be a speaker. There's one thing to hawk t-shirts. But there's another thing to work with someone who is in charge of t-shirts for the current convention. And my fixed idea was much different than this finished project right here. And learning how to deal with that. How do you work with other people? How do you work with other people that are compulsive overeaters? Oh, my God. Okay, but it, what happens is when you're able to step back, when you're able to bite your tongue and say, but this doesn't have more than one color on it. And this has a big design. and You know, all the things about the way I think it should be. And you're able to let go of that. Somehow the energy between you and the people that wanted it that way change. Because I've let go. And I guess that's what service makes me do again and again and again. Which is let go and let God. And... It is true, if you've run a World Service Convention, birthday parties in Region 2 conventions, you might have some good ideas. So I always tell the chair that I'm working with that I have ideas. I probably will express them, but thank God I am old and tired, and the steamroller thing is kind of slowing down. So they're very lucky to be working with me at this stage. So, <laughs> And I'm just doing the best I can. That's who I am, and that's the way I roll. And what can you do? But I think my management skills, my people skills have exponentially increased every time I do some kind of service. And I will tell the truth. 90% of the time I do service, right next to that service joy, 
And open energy is a little resentment over there in the corner, okay? Like, I have to get up early. I got to be the 8.30 speaker. I don't really want to do the 8.30. And now I want to be passing out bookmarks at the event. And how can I do that if I'm here? You know, I'm just saying, everything you do, it's not like I walk on water, I have no problems anymore. Heck, I got all the problems I always had. But I just deal with them differently. I just say, I'm going to miss the late event on Saturday night because I'm an early speaker and I want to be prepared. And it all works out. It all works out. There'll be a tape or something I can listen to. So you know what I mean? I, never, I haven't missed any great events in life yet. So I do service all the time. That's probably how my best friend, I've gotten my best friends is by doing service. Well, that kind of works two ways. First of all, you're thrown into something and people sign up. People run and they're not always your favorite people. And some of them, you learn how to love them and they might not have been the person that, you know, would have been on your top ten list of people in the room that you wanted to be friends with. And the other thing that happens is when you're on something, sometimes your friends or people who you've had a little bit of an attraction to decide to support you in a project. Oh, so-and-so's doing that. Okay, this might be fun. And so you get to now foster deeper relationships with people who are a little more like minded. You know, there there are just people that, you know, go towards different kinds of people. We're all different. We all attract different people. And so, as I say, service has made my life better because when I have a problem, I have a list and oh boy, I have problems. I have a list of people I can call. Because sometimes when you kvetch to your sponsor and she tells you what to do and she tells you the real truth, you have to repeat it ten more times because I'm not perfect. So I can't just take what my sponsor says and say, oh, you're so wonderful, I believe it. I have to ask ten other people. And, you know, but the good thing is I can ask people in program because people that aren't in program, when you say, can you tell I've gained five pounds? They all look at you. Like you're crazy and your sponsor says, one of the parts of this disease is body image problems. And so I guess that's where you are right now. <laughs> and other people aren't going to tell you that, you know. So you get to talk about, my son did this, my daughter did this, and how could they do that? And they'll kind of give you the program answer. And um, I have to hear it several times. So I have, I have a variety of people I can call and talk to. And that's what service has given me. I'd like to say it made me slimmer. Okay, I forgot. I'm 72. I forgot my pictures. Doggone lucky I got here and I remembered the name of the hotel and how to get here, okay? That's, that's all I'm trying to do. So, so I forgot my pictures, but I used to be younger and I, used to be, and I used to be fatter. So just imagine me 20 years younger and 220 pounds, 80 pounds heavier. And that's where I come from. And I had a real problem with food. I was, 
A compulsive fill-in-the-blank. I was a compulsive yo-yo. Three, okay, I'm too vain to wear my glasses, okay. <laughs> um, so um, I, when I first came in and I did my first first step, somebody said, oh, it says in the workbook, write your eating behavior. So I didn't write about eating when I was upset. I didn't write about eating and emotions. I wasn't in touch with that. I wrote every diet I'm on. And I'm a systems analyst, engineer type of person. So, of course, you know, I put it in a spreadsheet. And my first diet was when I was 10 years old. I lost five pounds on cottage cheese and pears. And I knew if I lost that five pounds, life would be better. But then my next diet was, and I listed every diet I'd been on. And I succeeded at everything twice. The third time, I just it didn't work for me. And when I got done, because I'm a numbers person, I added up that last column. I had lost 685 pounds, never weighing more than 220, and never weighing less than 120. I got down closer to 120 in the last five years, and I'm quite upset that, in a way, I've gained weight, but People asked me if I had a terminal illness. You know, I mean, I don't really get it. I have to listen to my sponsor and the rest of you who I have all made connections with. And you're going to say, <laughs> one person who I've worked with for 12 years says, I said, I've gained five pounds. Is Pamela, when you've gained 30, come back. I'm really not talking to you. <laughs> you know, so that's what I get. I would never have known this person. But we worked on a convention together. We worked on the R2 board together. You know, she's my friend. And I guess that's the most important thing in our life, is those souls and fellows that we carry with us as we do this journey here on this planet Earth. And it's those people who I know really support me and really tell me the truth and really tell me what's in their hearts and are there for me. And that's what I need. I figure you can never be too rich, too thin, or have too many friends. So thanks to OA and thanks to all the service I've done, my life is abundant spiritually, physically, mentally, and with all of your loving hearts. And I thank you for letting me share. Um, so thank you very much, Pamela. Thank you very much for your service. Um, and our second speaker is Rhonda. So let's uh, welcome Rhonda. Hi, my name's Rhonda. I'm a compulsive eater. Hi. Um, my story came about about three and a half years ago. Um, but I service saved my life. Service saved my life because before OA, I was the only one I served. I served myself another piece of whatever um, and another bowl of, you know, that white yummy stuff or chocolate. Um, if I'd happened to serve someone else, I was doing it to get the Atta girls. I was doing it to get a pat on the back. Um, and I noticed 
that I wanted the I wanted somebody to notice my talents to Betty Crocker or whatever other thing I was doing. But my bondage was to myself. I was selfish and self-centered. And as I got into program um, three and a half years ago, I found a new way of life. I found a new freedom. I found a way to get away from the bondage of my selfishness and self-centeredness. I found OA. That's what I found. Um, This program has a slogan that's called Service is Freedom from Bondage of Self. And that freedom is what I have found. Um, I didn't get it at first. My sponsor helped me see. You don't have to do big things. You can do small things. You can serve um, on a board. You can, you know, put out chairs, put out books, put out whatever, open the door. You can read a little paper, you know, and read the 12 steps, read the 12 traditions. You can lead a meeting. Um, I found I was doing more and more, and it got easier. And the weight came off. And the weight, uh, because I started at 414 pounds, and there's a little book going around uh, with my pictures, but that, the weight was no longer what I was looking for. The weight was... um, it, it came off without thought, and and I and I share that just because sometimes it's hard to understand how somebody can lose so much weight, and and I will tell you it comes back to service. That's where it comes back to. It comes back to an awakening of my heart to know that if I can tell somebody about this program, if I can give of myself just a little bit that somebody else might be saved. I mean, honestly, saved from the embarrassment of, of hurting themselves with food, the embarrassment of, or the shame that comes along with being that 400 size, because there's a lot of shame that comes along with that. Um, as, I, as I lost the weight, I lost 30 pounds in 30 days, 100 pounds in six months, 150 pounds in a year. That's a lot of weight. And I had the questions. Are you sick? Did you have gastric bypass? Did you have surgery? Are you, is everything okay? And I'm like, yeah, I'm fine. And you know what? It gave me an easier way to express. Okay, well, I'm in this program. At first, no, I wasn't telling a soul. Don't, you know, I have a problem with control. I have a problem with other things. I am sick, but I didn't want to. I I didn't want to let anybody know that the problem was me. That was my problem. I was so centered on me. And once I let God have a hold of all of my heart, then the rest of it just seemed to to kind of fall in place. I don't know how to explain that. But he created a miracle in my life. And the God of my understanding has allowed my abstinence to stick right off the bat. Um, my abstinence is to sugar, white and wheat flour, and potatoes and popcorn and things that are loose. <laughs> um, but those are those are minimal in the sense of of what you know. Food is minimal 
in this program. It, it's so funny because at first when you come in, it's that whole, well, what's the food plan? How do I do it? How do I get this started? How do I, how do I, how do I, how do I? And it was so fun because I talked to a young woman last night, and it just reminded me of myself so much that I came in with this heart of, I don't know what I'm doing here, but I think you guys understand me. I think I get it. And what was interesting is, is that the abstinence did stick. However, my sponsor encouraged me to continue to serve in other ways, in little things. And, and the little things that she continued to help me serve in, I took on some more. And I took on some more. And um, God showed me where I needed to serve. I started serving in... I started doing flyers. I started doing a newsletter. And I could do all those things because in the past I'd done them for myself through my own business. And I'd also done it through um, another program that I was in for MOPS, uh, Mothers of Preschoolers. And so I did all those things for those programs. And I did it, well, for the Atta Girls. Um, However, I knew how to do it. And so God used my talent in those things and used it for the betterment of our our program. Um, and then there was a need for another meeting. I needed another meeting. It was selfish. I needed another meeting. <laughs> and I needed it at noon, at lunchtime. And so what happened? I asked my, my boss, can we have a meeting here? And he said, sure, let's have a meeting here. And then I'm all, well, can we have two? Because I needed it at noon on Wednesdays and on Fridays. And so that's how the meetings on noon on Wednesdays and Fridays got started. And then... I started serving so much that my family, I was, you know, I had, at one point I had so many sponsees I didn't know what to do with. I had um, too much. I was over-serving. And that feeling of overwhelm started coming on. And that can happen. You know, you're doing a good thing. You're helping others. However, it can be too much. And what was interesting is, is that... um, my sponsor and I have this thing. Okay, first off, you got to pray about it. If you're going to serve and you're going to do something else, you need to pray about it. The next thing is, once you've prayed about it, we're going to talk about it and see if your schedule looks like it's too much or not. And third, God's brought more stuff into my life lately. He's allowed me to face some fears. I've started back to college after 22 and a half years, and um, I'm... A junior, which is also another weird thing for me. And I'm facing the fear of going back to school and finishing my degree. Um, I'm going to go into human resources or human services of some sort. But at this point, God's showing me that I needed to lessen my load. So I have. And, And other people in this program are picking up and doing stuff. And it's such an amazing thing to see how God can open up those doors where I thought, oh, I have to do this. I have to do this because nobody else is doing it. Oh my gosh, I have to do it. I'm such a control freak. Anyhow, that's just another side of my character defects, but that's okay because God's helping me see that I don't have to control everything. I don't have to do it all by myself. And I'm not doing it by myself. I'm doing it with my fellows. And that's the program. That is so what I've learned that, yes, I can But it's better if we can, because we are what make up OA. It's not me. 
me is not it. I have continued to see that when I get into the me factor, it becomes ugly. It becomes selfish and self-centered again. And have I gotten rid of that thing? No, it still comes up. It still creeps up. That's an ugly part of my stinking onion that I have, you know. Um, My onion is the layers of denial and the layers of, of crud that I've collected throughout my life. But what's, what's continued to happen as I serve, though, is that bonding with others, that, that shared experience, and that shared strength, and that shared hope. And that's what this program has given me. It's given me experience, strength, and hope to handle life on life's terms. Because sometimes life stinks. Sometimes life's hard. This last nine weeks, or the last ten weeks, were really hard. Um, I faced some stuff that I didn't know how to face, but I worked my steps. I worked the 12 steps, and I worked through the fact that I was powerless over my body and how it's working, and that um, I I didn't know whether or not I was going to have cancer or not, and I faced whether or not that was there. It was a cyst. Thank you very much, God. Again, you took care of stuff that I couldn't take care of. And yet, my fellows collected around me, prayed for me, and took care of the, the things, the little things. They don't realize what they did, but they did. And um, again, that's the freedom. That's the freedom from bondage of self. Because when I let somebody else know that I'm afraid, or that I'm hurting, or that I'm scared, or that I have feelings, oh God, I have feelings. Oh, yeah, I don't have to eat over those feelings either. And that's what this program's taught me. And through service, I have gained a knowledge of the new adventures that God can give me. And I have gained, um, I've gained the huge denials and fears that I once took me down, that made me blossom into the large women that are in the pictures that are going around. And I hope they get around. I'm sorry I have so many. Um, But the other way to serve, other ways to serve, you can serve by um, just picking up after others. You can serve by selling T-shirts. You can serve by getting involved with your inner group. You can serve by getting involved with your little meeting. Whatever meeting you're at, you can serve in that. And start small and just grow. It doesn't have to be big. You don't have to conquer the world. You don't have to be a Region 2 rep right off the bat. Thank you. But you know what's really great is, is that when we have this membership, this small membership in Bakersfield, that's where I'm from, um, it starts to grow. And that's what we're seeing right now. We're seeing a growth in it away like we've never seen. And there's younger people. Ha, we need those. Yay. Yay, God. Um, And you know what? They're stepping up for the challenge, too. And I'm just grateful for that. Because what I've seen is, is that when you do serve, you're serving others. But God gives you so much more. And I'm so grateful that you let me serve today. And I'm grateful for my girls that helped me serve, too. Thank you. Thank you so much, Rhonda. 
Uh, and now we'll have our third speaker. Uh, and before I do that, I'm going to go ahead and pass. I know you guys have seen it already. I'm going to pass it around again in case any more questions came up. You're welcome to put in. And um, so now let's welcome to the podium Karen. I'm Karen. I'm a compulsive overeater. I don't generally need a microphone because I am really loud. Oh, good. Um, so I have, uh, so I'll tell you a little bit about service. So um, last night I went to the, I came, I, I came to the dinner and I went to the talent show, the variety show to see somebody who I love dearly um, in the talent show, a couple other people. And I was standing around at the end of the night, and Trisha says to me, oh, hey, how are you? And she gives me a big hug, and she says, will you speak on a panel tomorrow morning? Somebody just canceled. And I went, no. No, I can't do it. And there's a lot of really good reasons why I can't do it. And so <laughs> there are like three people who have been in this program for a really long time. I've actually been in this program for a really long time. Um, really long time. And uh, they've known me for a really long time. Trisha's known me for, th I've been in the program for 35 years. I just figured it out. So I don't track the quite the same way. But, and I've maintained my weight loss and I've been around a long time and, I, and, and, and I'm looking at three people who've known me who, who in some ways have watched me grow up in this program, although I'm not, um, I wasn't a newcomer that people love to take under their wing. <laughs> but they have watched me grow up and have my kids and all of that. And they're looking at me. And one of them says, you can't say no to OA. And I'm thinking, well, screw you. <laughs> but I know I can't say no to OA. And so I smiled and said, okay, I'll do it. And uh, this morning I didn't want to come. I didn't want to get up. <clears throat> and I have plans for today that I had to change. And I had a whole range of things I was going to do. And the truth is that as I was walking out the door, I became really happy that I was coming. And to me, <clears throat> not because... And, um, not because it... Well, it, I did pray before I came. I hope that somehow I, my presence will make life, will impact somebody. I hope I have something to give somebody else. And I really say that every time I go to a meeting. Um, because my story, my experiences, my, um, my beliefs about service are really my own. Um, and so I came for you. But in coming for you, I come for me. Um, because... I, when I give to OA, it's like I'm putting a little deposit in a bank account that says I can put on my jeans tomorrow. And there is nothing more I want on some days than to get up knowing that it won't happen and put on my jeans. Um, and uh, I know that you know what that means. And, you know, not I, I got dressed very quickly today. I wanted to wear something that anyway, I just got dressed and I didn't have to put on, you know, oh, these don't quite fit. Does this make me look fat? Does this make me look, you know, it was like I came. And um, I'm just grateful for that. I'm grateful for that all the every day of my life. And it's been 35 years I'm, and I'm still grateful for that. Um, 
And service is a huge part of that. So I said yesterday, well, I'm not doing a lot of service right now. I feel in awe. Um, and Trisha said to me, well, have you done a lot of service knowing that I have? So I'll tell you a little bit about my service history. But I also want to say that um, <clears throat> service to me became, early in my career, became a principle that helped me get through the worst and hardest times of my life. And it still does. So service to OA, I don't, it, I like to make sure I tell the truth because I still really like exaggeration. So I think I made coffee at a meeting. <laughs> um, I certainly stayed afterwards and moved chairs when there were people moving chairs. Um, and that service, that counts. And that was an easy way for me to start. Um, I... Uh, uh, helped out when we needed to stuff envelopes. And I didn't, by the way, I did not do this all at once and all at the same time. I struggle with um, self-centeredness. I struggle with arrogance. Um, I think some of that stuff is sort of like, it's not quite below me, but as long as other people are doing it, why should I help? But I did, I did it. I did mail stuffers. I did all that kind of stuff. I became an intergroup representative. Um, and then I became um, the local intergroup chair a number of years ago during a time when it was, it was probably the ugliest time in OA in San Diego County. And, we, and, and actually last night somebody came up to me and said, you were a great intergroup chair. I thought, oh my God, I haven't thought about that in so many years. I have to tell you what, so I was the chair, and we were really in a knockdown, drag-out, ugly fight. I'd like to call it a conversation, but it wasn't a conversation. And, um, and there I was. Like, I did not sign up for this. Um, and it gave me, being the intergroup chair during that time, I went to World Service. I went to Region 2. Um, I didn't serve on World Service or Region 2, but I was a representative. I led... Um, um, our group had some opinions about some things, you know. I led our speaking on the microphone. I, I, I was very involved. But I, I want to, and, and, and all the things about how my service picked up steam have had a huge amount to do with the friends that I have, like people have talked about. Um, the, uh, there was a reason why I think I was the intergroup chair. I, I do uh, do some work with, with um, conflict. Actually, that's not true. I do a lot of work for conflict for a living back then. I mean, it helped me get skills I needed. I think I had something to bring to the party. So I think God was using me. And at the same time, so for all those other reasons, I did it. But the thing I was thinking about when I was leaving today, I sponsored tons of people. Some are still around. Most are not. Um, which became, you know, which every time is a little bit of a heartbreak. And I continued to sponsor. And um, what I want to say about it is that for me, service became a principle that I didn't learn any other way about how to live my life. When I was, um, see, see, this was a horrible experience to me. I don't know if anybody else will really relate to this, but. I was in my late 20s, and I had uh, some. I had step siblings, and my my brother, my stepbrother, and my stepsister all decided to get married like within months of each other. And 
I wanted nothing more than to be married. I had broken off an engagement with somebody in another program. And I did not know how I was going to get through the pain of that, the real pain of that. And, and now it doesn't feel like pain looking back. But then it was this, this, this block of bridesmaid dresses and um, parties and showers and congratulations. And it, it was very difficult. And I knew from this program, and I had practiced it a little bit, about service. And I showed up at those bridal showers, and I, I ho- helped host them. I cleaned up. I washed dishes. I brought extra little goodies. I, I think I did anyway. I did wh- whatever needed to be done to get through the event. Um, I was the I was in two of those weddings, and I tried to help the bride. I showed up, and I just did whatever I could to help somebody else. And I learned over the years that by helping, and this is not something that comes naturally to me. What comes naturally to me is going to get dressed with the bridal party and um, crying, and everybody says, oh, what's wrong, right, and taking all the attention to me. I am perfectly capable of doing that. And it's not that I intend, like I set out to do that. I just don't manage my emotions well. I don't manage my self-centeredness well. And by doing service here and in my life, I get out of that. And I don't know any other way to stop that in me. It is a character defect. And I, 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 I pray to have it lifted. And the only way I actually know to be different, is to do something for somebody else. Um, My father died three months ago, and um, today's my birthday. Um, And it's my first birthday without my father. And uh, going through his his death, um, going through... uh, my family, helping him being together in the hospital, going through um, uh, <laughs> trying to coordinate what food we were going to have, you know, um, the Jewish get-together and food is, you know. So we made plans one way, and my, my stepsister said, no, we're not going to do that. And, you know, this program just, it's, it's like I almost forget because it's so much a part of who I am. Um, to be able to say, okay, like, I really don't care what we ate. And what I cared about, and the only way, there were moments where the only way I could get through that was by helping somebody else, helping my stepmother, um, calling my stepmother on my father's birthday, even though I was in pain, even though she doesn't say to me, how are you doing, honey? I know you lost your father. I call her and make it about her. And those are the ways that I know to get through difficult moments. And I, um, I continue to practice that in all of my affairs. That if there are ways that I can help. Right now, like I said, I lost my father. Today's my birthday. I'm writing the last chapter of my dissertation. Um, I still have a child at home. Not right now. Today my house is empty, and I really wanted to be there this morning in my empty house with my dog, getting my birthday phone calls, looking at the outside, 
feeling a little sad for my dad, you know. But I'm here. And, um, and so t- today, I do not do lots of service where people see me. In fact, um, to me, for me, and this is really only me, um, I have drawn boundaries around what I can really do. And, um, and they allow me to live my life. But I'll tell you, when I come to a meeting and the chairs need to be reset up, um, I have a home meeting, and we had we you know we we order the um, the reach out, and I said oh, I'll do that for my service position, right? I can order the reach out, I can get the reach out and bring it to the meeting. Um, I can, um, you know, if there's something that needs to be done at the meeting real time, I can do all that, and and that's what I do. I look for places to contribute um, in my program and in my life, and it's threaded through everything that I do. And it's become, and I I really, since I didn't plan until last night to speak about this, I think that was the real offering that I have, is service helps me get through my life. And there are times when in the most difficult moments, you know, and I have all those issues with my family. I'm better than I used to be, but I'm never fully done. And so how do I get through the entire freaking step family ordeal and all the resentments and issues that I could have that I'm on the brink of having because they're not treating me correctly. Um, and instead, to, to offer myself. And then I sit back and I really see the beauty in life around me. And, um, and so that's really um, how, I am, how I see my message around, around service. It connects me. Right now I don't have the energy or the space to connect to people the same way I have at other times in my life. Um, I don't have that same need, and there is a way where uh, humility and my managing my humility in this program is really important to me, or I start to feel like I want to eat. And so the service I do um, fits within what I have, who I am. And I, and I talk to my sponsor about it. Um, the sponsor I appointed, even though she said she was too busy, I said, it doesn't matter. <laughs> You're still my sponsor. Too bad for you. And, uh, <laughs> and um, so I just continue to, to, to live that way. And I have to say that um, sitting at home on my birthday, recognizing that even more than Father's Day, the loss of my father, I feel it today, um, is really not where I should be. That recognizing that this is where I should be. And, uh, and it's, that is what service does for me. Sometimes it just, saying yes, puts me in the place that I need to be. And keeps my head out of myself. I want to tell one more story. Um, then I'm done, right? Am I done yet? Okay, no, okay. So I was sitting with my brother. My father died. We're sitting in that. And my brother and I have a... We're really different. That's all I can say. And so we're sitting, and, and um, uh, it's just an outcome of trying to be there for other people. We're kind of in late at night. We're at my dad's house. My, my dad has passed away. I, I don't know if it was the night he died but, or sometime. And um, we're talking, and I started talking about my, my feeling about God and life and um, 
uh, death. And, and he says to me, um, in this meaningful moment, he says, Karen, you're talking out your ass. I thought, and I just, you know, it's like OA is there in all those moments. And in that very moment, it was like, and I'd been doing, I'd been giving so much to my stepmother and my family, and in a way that was helping me, not codependent. And I looked in my, and I laughed, and I said, well, that's a heck of a thing to say. And the fact that we were able to go on and have a conversation about what he thought and what I thought, I know these things don't always make sense, but that has to do with my coming here for all these years, was that that reactive button gets flattened. And it's just about, you know, that's a heck of a way to respond. Like, what do you mean? And in, 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 in being curious about what was going on for him, in wanting to know him better, um, the ways that I've showed up here helps me recognize that there's more to people that I see. And I can't tell you like this led to this, but this led to that moment. And we went on and had a, a long conversation about what we believed. And, and now every time I talk to him, I said, Saul, you're just talking out your ass. <laughs> Thank you so much, Karen. Thank you, everybody. Um, so now, I think I'll do it this way because it doesn't seem to make sense. Um, we're going to do ask if asking questions for 10 minutes or, um, if we run out of questions, questions from the audience. So I'm going to let you guys draw the questions because it's whoever wants to answer can answer. So and then you can pass the mic because we're recording this. Oh. <laughs> and then if, if we run out of ask if asking questions, then we'll take some from Okay, I have the mic, so I'll just start. What helps you get through service when you start feeling resentment of feeling overwhelmed? Well, I'll tell you, uh, I know this is, there. I have two answers. And then I'm very interested here on my panel. I have two answers. Um, one is, my feelings matter less. At times, my feelings matter less. So sometimes when I feel overwhelmed or I feel a resentment, really, overwhelm, I think, is something different. But when I feel a resentment, like I started to feel, I don't really want to come here this morning. I have other things to do. I was thinking maybe I'd go to the breakfast. I wanted that option. You know, it's my birthday after all. And uh, But it, there's a place where um, I choose not to have a resentment and my feel because my feelings don't matter. Sometimes I just need to do what I have been asked to do and trust that it's going to mean something that I don't understand. The, the other part of the answer for me is there is a point where I became very overwhelmed, similar to Rhonda. And I think that's a point for a conversation with your sponsor or somebody you trust about what's reasonable to do. And there are many of us who have done a lot and then do less. It's, 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 I think the reason it deserves a conversation is that it's important for me to be clear about my motivation and um, not to isolate and hide and just be self-centered. 
I'm going to piggyback on that. Um, when I have felt resentment um, or uh, felt overwhelmed, um, that's definitely a tenth step. Um, that's where I would need to go first, ask God why I'm feeling that way, because usually when there's a disturbance, it's me, not them. And why am I disturbed? And honestly, I that overwhelmed feeling, it wasn't huge. Because again, it was little things that, you know, all these little things finally all stacked up into one. And it was like, oh crap, what have I done? And at that moment, when I had that OC moment, I went, okay, help. Help God, I can't do this alone. And then the overwhelmed kind of, it didn't go away so much, but it did um, allow me to see that maybe there are ways that I can hand this over, give things to others. Because when it's almost as if I'm being selfish because I'm not allowing other people to serve. I'm not allowing other people to take up and move forward in their own program. Because if I'm doing everything, then somebody's not getting a chance to do something that could potentially serve them. And I'm being selfish. And wow, I, we got to talk later. I have a problem that I need to figure out and give up. <laughs> anyway, thanks. Okay, I'm, we'll just probably each talk about each question. And um, that's exactly the way I feel. Um, Okay, I always feel overwhelmed. I always take way too much on because I am superwoman and I can do everything better than everybody. That's just, okay, that's the way it is. But <laughs> that's what's inside. But then reality comes. And so I do think when things are kind of overwhelming, there's two things, which is God, show me. Show me, show me what I need to do here. And what I most frequently see is somebody else. I'm taking away somebody else's fun. I need to let them do the job. I really do. Because if I'm doing service and I'm getting some benefits, I have to share that just like I have to share everything else. But it's, um, it's always a real challenge. And... Um, after 20 years, I still have moments where I feel like this is too much. And one of the things I do is say, okay, God, what do you want me to do? And to know in my heart of hearts of what, however much I can do, is where I'm going to stop. And I, I don't, you know, I used to carry the world on my shoulders, but I've retired. And so I don't have to do that anymore. And when I feel like I've put out my energy. I can just stop. And it's not my problem. I've had the joy of giving what I gave, and that's that. Okay, so do we want to take... Okay, if you haven't, can you speak about how you set boundaries? Oh, boundaries. Boundaries? Oh, dear. Uh, that's a concept I often have to talk about. Um You know, when I am doing a, a formal job, I'm kind of one of those compulsive people that likes the little outline. 
you know, this is your job, this is your job duties, this is the responsibilities. I really like that, and I like to adhere to that, and I will bring that up whether it's about my boundaries or somebody else's. You know, if people are talking and we're in a group moving, to, working together, oh, but I'm not the T-shirt chair. <laughs> I can open my mouth and give an opinion, and then I'm done. It's whatever somebody else is going to do, and I trust that they're going to do absolutely perfectly, you know? So I just... So if it's on a piece of paper, I can see it better. If it's not on a piece of paper... I just have to look at where I want to make sure I'm always serving and I am not trying to get recognition. And that helps me set the boundaries. You know, if I do something and everybody doesn't tell me that I look younger and thinner, I'm probably doing real service. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not certain how to follow that one. Um, <laughs> uh, how do I, let's see here? How do you set boundaries with service? Well, I'm still learning that concept and um, learning how to set boundaries with myself so that I don't overdo it. And I kind of suggest that talking with my higher power and talking with uh, my sponsor is a really great way to do it. Um, and I will... Okay. Um, so I'll, I, I think boundaries are, are, the emotion, are part of overwhelm. I think there's an emotional component to boundaries. Um, uh, so <clears throat> one thing is um, I have learned how to say no. It's like repeat after me, no. Um, and, uh, and, and I know how to say no in a way that um, I think is respectful. So I think that's important for us to learn. I, for me, and this is only me, I really believe there's some deep linkage between compulsive overeating and codependency. I just, it's like I, I want to take care of everybody, and if I take care of everybody, they'll take care of me, but it doesn't seem to work that way, and then I'm resentful, and... Um, and, uh, you know, I've, I've run that racket my whole life. It's, it's just the way I, I think things will go. And I'll be the best at this. I'll be the best at that. And then everybody will love me. And it's a no-win situation. And so um, I have learned how to say no. The other thing is, for me specifically, I do a lot of work that has an emotional con my my work that I do for my living has an emotional content. I coach people. I work with people in very difficult work situations. And so I cut back and now I do not sponsor because I know I don't have the emotional capacity to give what, um, what I want to give to somebody who's, who I sponsor and I don't know how else to do it. So, um, I don't know if that's like, I, I hope that others don't have to do that, but, um, I have chosen to do that and it's been important for me because I don't know how else to manage the emotional boundary. And then I end up doing things I'm really, I have to make amends for just little things like not being there when I say I'm going to be there. So I don't, I hope that adds something to the conversation.
Well, you start. You get to start. Oh, okay, I'll start on this one. Um, how to encourage members to do? Yes. Oh, oh, oh. Do you want to know what it is? I, I, I think I know because I read it. Okay. It says, give suggestions to encourage members to do and begin service. Well, um, I, I think part of it is, again, letting go. Um, if you if you see a need and you don't know how to fill it, then encourage others. Hey, this is needing help. You know, we have this... We, we have this opportunity, making an opportunity, not something that's, you know, a drudgery, making an opportunity. Anyway, that just, you know, get out of themselves. Okay, so I have a really good story. So I came to this program and I heard people say, when I was first in this program, I would come late and I would leave early because I didn't want anybody to know who I was. That, not me. I'm a tough cookie, honey. I'm going to come early. I'm going to stay late. But I don't want anybody to see me because I'm so ugly and awful. So I found this trick. And that was if I got there early, I said to someone, do we put three or five chairs in this row? And afterwards I said, do we put all the trash in one basket? Where do, You know, these, I just started doing this because I thought, and I talked to everybody, but nobody, I didn't talk to anybody. I just started doing service. And you know what happened? Everybody thought I was the greatest person. They thought I was so nice and so wonderful. And all these people started being warm towards me. Then I went to, I just started programming, went to a job. And what happens? I'm there like three weeks and somebody has a birthday and there's this huge cake. And I just given up sugar and I was really stressed. And I walked up and I said, can I help serve the cake? And everybody there thought I was the nicest person. I was just cutting the cake so I didn't have to deal with a piece on my plate. And then I went to a, another place my, where I worship. They serve food. And I noticed it was free food. And I would go there. And the first thing, I would find the first seat to get in. So I would get the food right away and inhale it. And I thought, this isn't very graceful. So I said, can I help serve the food? And I'd go around to everybody, how are you? And I would be serving the food. In the back of my mind, I'm saying, if we run out of this sog paneer, I am really going to be pissed off. But <laughs> You know what I mean? But I just did the story of my program as I did the contrary action. And I said, here, would you like more? God, don't say, please say no. And I handed it out, and everybody thought I was really nice, and I was asked to serve all these dignitaries. They had no idea what I was trying to do was stop to preventing stuffing my food in my face the first time. So I just feel any time I can get out of myself. I never say no. When they say, will you sponsor, I never say I'm full never been full in my life. I don't know what full is. I trust HP will take care of it. So, I'm not quite sure if this is helping people who've been doing service help get people started or ask to encourage members. But either way, um, I, I think most of us start really small. And that works. 
And so encouraging people to just start small with setting up chairs or throwing away cups at the end of the meeting or um, anything. And all those things count. You get full credit. Three-minute shares. Please keep on topic, and just remember: if you decide to share, then you'll need to come up and sign this at the end. You will be using the mic because it's being recorded, um, and then that's it. So, does anyone want to share? And I'll walk the mic around if anyone wants to share. Well, I will share. Uh, I'm Natalie, compulsive overeater. I guess I'll stand here. Um, <laughs> uh, I, I wanted to come to the workshop today. I was excited to moderate it because um, I love giving service. And like a lot of uh, the speakers and our, my concern is, you know, I've always been that person who, like, I'll serve because it's a way of controlling. Um, right? Like, because I'm a big control freak. And so, and it's also a way of getting approval. So in before abstinence, then service all the time service and but it wasn't really service because it was really about then you'll love me and that's really all I wanted was to belong and be loved um so um what I what kept going through my mind as I was listening to everybody today is how much did I serve the god of food I did so many things for food you know that thing that they talk about at the beginning in step two the um drive miles in the dead of night and pick up food off the floor. I mean, I would do anything to have food. I, I would walk naked through the town square if you said then afterwards there's a big vat of buttery popcorn for you at the end and you can eat as much as you want, you know? Like, like I, I would have done anything. And so I often think, like I think with the, with the seventh tradition, how much money did I spend on food? And I can't spend $3 a meeting to support what, what I'm the things that it's given me and so for service I just keep thinking God will let me know when it's enough and uh and he does and how could I ever serve enough to give to give back what I'm getting in this program how could I ever serve enough 80 almost 80 pounds of weight loss and um sanity you know, sanity. And I know how to say no, which is this sort of kind of contrary, contradictory thing. Like, I can say no. And it, I have said no to OA because I know sometimes I'm full. So, um, and a lot of times I don't. So, um, and I still managed to get to the breakfast buffet this morning and do this. So, because <laughs> so, I wanted to be there and I didn't want to miss it. So, um, so that's it. Thank you very much for letting me share. Hi, Jennifer, or Jen, compulsive overeater. Um, just, I still feel new to the program, even though it's just been 10 months, but um, starting small with the putting the chairs away and doing all those kind of things. And then this morning I was talking to my roommate about not really realizing like the big picture of our area of being kind of small and her kind of filling me in on um, just kind of a new wave of energy and without people willing to come and open up and, you know, do this or do that or serve on a committee or, or help out in different ways, um, our program 
where we're at, it just seems like it's kind of flourishing and growing. And I think that has a lot to do with the people who were the pioneers before us. So it's kind of like if they weren't serving before we came in, then how would we have gotten the message? Um, there wouldn't have been workshops. Harlan wouldn't have come. We wouldn't have had, you know, the opportunity to bring the body image workshop to us and reach out to other people and thinking like how, how hearing Harlan when I was so, so new to program was just such an impact to me and realizing that all the work that went into bringing him there was all service. Um, going to the OA birthday party in LA in January and bringing a friend with me and seeing how that, all those people who served on that, that's, that's really like how the message gets carried forward is through service. And, um, you know, we're not going to get that new wave of people, um, and, and the next generation of people who will serve if we're not willing to serve ourselves a little bit too. And, um, and of course, you know, being that, you know, boundary less people pleaser thing too, is a little bit, you know, just, you know, I'm like, I'm new. I got to learn how to be like, Oh, I don't know. Um, but I, I really appreciate you guys kind of giving that advice of, um, you know, talking to your higher power, you know, talking to your sponsor and doing that so that we don't have to enter into service with fear because, you know, probably at our workplaces, we're the people who are like, oh yeah, I'll do everything. And then we're kicking ourselves. Why did I say I would do that? And thinking when we go into OA, we don't want to repeat those same kind of behaviors. So, um, I just appreciate everybody's service who's led to my 10 months and my hundred pound weight loss. And more importantly, um, you know, getting closer to sanity. So, um, I appreciate all that have come before me. Thank you. Okay. So since, uh, nobody else, anybody else have any other questions? Okay. So now we'll close the session. Let's thank our speakers, everyone who shared, and all who have done service for this session. And the timer. And happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Karen. Happy birthday to you. So now let's please stand and join hands and we'll close with the uh, OA promise prayer, which is I put my hand in yours. You better get the right direction. I put my hand in yours.